You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Now, today we're going to look at another uh, famous parable in the Bible that probably all of us have heard before, at least once, and it's the parable of the prodigal son. How many of you have heard this at least once in your, in your whole life? Um, how many of you can relate to this parable? <laughs> the parable of the prodigal son. I've heard this many times. And oftentimes, the focus is the younger son. It's just one son. But we have to understand, this is really the tales of two sons. It's about a family with two brothers. And it's not just about the younger son. Some people ended there when he came home. But the whole story is actually, there's, a, there's another part of the story, which included the older brother, which we're going to see later on in the story. And it's called the parable of the prodigal son. But many theologians are saying it should have been titled the parable of the prodigal God. And I, I agree. So, that's what we're going to look at today, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. And, uh, and I believe God is a message for all of us today, whether you're here for the very first time, first time again in church, you normally just come to church for Christmas, birthday. Uh, for the first time, for some reason, you're here today. I believe that it's God who brought you here. If you'd been in church for a long time, you'd been here for 10, 20 years, I believe God is a message for you as well. So, can you bow your heads with me and close your eyes as we commit this time to the Lord? Lord, thank you for the privilege of hearing your word and learning from you. Holy Spirit, we ask you that it's you who will apply the word in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak beyond my words. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be the one to bring into memory things that we need to remember. May you be the one to convict us, Lord, of anything in our hearts that we need to surrender to you, repent of, or if there's anything that you want to affirm us, you want to secure us. Lord, I pray you will have your way and do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to read from Luke chapter 15. And as you're turning your Bible to Luke 15, I want to give you the context of this story. And uh, Jesus was talking to two groups of people here. It's a mixed crowd of people. I believe there's young and old. But there are religious leaders, people who normally go to church, who consider themselves righteous. There are also people there in the crowd uh, who's part of the outcast of the society when it comes to spirituality, the tax collectors, the sinners. And all of them are uh, there listening to Jesus about the message. Now, the religious leaders reacted uh, to, to what Jesus was doing. Not only that he's teaching to a mixed crowd of people, but oftentimes he will be seen hanging out with sinners. He will be seen hanging out with uh, tax collectors. And for in, in the view of the religious leaders, that's a no-no. Okay, you don't do that. Uh, culturally, and also with uh, the religious norm that you don't do, you don't hang out with the sinners. But that's what Jesus did. He will attend their parties. He will uh, go to their house, have dinner, 
And that was really scandalous at the time. And the question was, why do you receive sinners? And why do you eat with them? So to answer that question, Jesus gave three parables. Actually, these are three stories in one chapter. He started with the parable of the lost sheep. And then he told about the parable of the lost coin. And then the parable of the lost son. One thing common about these three stories, three different stories, is that something is missing, something important, something valuable, and somebody went out and did an all-out search to recover what is valuable. So the lost sheep, though there's only one that that was missing, he left the 99 and did an all-out search, so he will recover the one. The lost coin... Uh, he searched, the, this woman searched the whole house in order to find the lost coin. And then when she found it, uh, called out all her neighbors and said, Celebrate with me because I found this coin. And then we have this lost son. But there's something different about this story. In Luke 15 verse 11, uh, here's where we're going to start. It started with, uh, with this conversation. With the father and the younger son. In verse 11, he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. Uh, In Middle Eastern culture, uh, stage is given normally when the father died. So pag namatay na, tsaka lang ho dinidistribute yung property. So to ask for the inheritance while he's still alive is like basically to wish him dead. Parang di ko na mahintay mamatay ka, no? Dad, can I get the property? I'm not sure how many years you still have. And the younger son actually showed in this story, she, he cared more about the money and the properties of his dad more than the dad. He cared more about the things of his father than the father himself. And uh, when I read this story, especially the first time, I can relate with the son, the younger son. Because I, that was me before. Hopefully not anymore. Even when I was a new Christian, I realized as I walk with God, I realized I'm not really worshipping God, I'm using God. Because I go to God... Most, most of the time, it's not really because I'm really, really passionate about Him, but because there's something I need from Him. And so the, the son was like that to his dad. The relationship is, he's not really concerned about his dad. He's really concerned what he's going to get from his dad. So that was their relationship. But look at the response of the father. Luke 15 verse 12. And he divided his property... Between them. Now, normally, the, when, when there's a property, especially in their story, two sons, uh, the property will be divided be, to, between them, but the older son will get the lion's share. He'll get double portion. Because normally, the older son will be given the task of taking care of the whole family when the father dies. So the reason he has double share, so that he can take care of the estates and the family. So he will get two-thirds, and then the younger one will get one-third. And siyempre, imagine ko, wala naman silang bangko. So the property, the land, and everything that they have. You know, when I 
check that word property and Greek word, the Greek word of that word uh, is bios, which means life. And basically during their time, the land, uh, they don't just own land, they belong to the land. That's their life. So if you ask for their land, there's no place for them to plant. Uh, there's no place for them to get their food. Basically, the property is their life. So for the son to ask for his inheritance, for his one-third, is basically asking his dad to, to really give a part of his life to him. One-third. I'm imagining he will be liquidating some of the property. And that would cause, man, a lot of... Uh, complexity. Ang dami magtatanong, ba't ka nagbebenta? Ah, may problema sa bahay. Oh, yung anak mo. I mean, it's so complicated, uh, this situation. And imagine how that must have broken the heart of the dad. That, that is painful to him financially. That's painful to him emotionally. And... Uh, that's an have social implication as well. And the younger son's action caused so much pain to the father. And the same way with us, you know, I, I think about that story. And one thing we'll realize, because when, when the son did that to his father, he was not just breaking the social norm, he was breaking the heart of his dad. And so the same way with us, every time we sin against God, we're not just breaking the rule of God, we're breaking the heart of God. Every time we sin, it's not just disobeying Him, but we're hurting the heart of God. And that's what hap- what's happening here. Now, in, in verse 13 to 16, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. So, so, you know, the son had this idea. And again, I can relate because when I was younger, when I was in college, my idea of life was just money, stuff, parties, girls, fame, success. That's life without God in the picture. And I'm imagining this son, siguro imagine niya na yun, what is life away from the father? No restriction, no rules, and you have all this money, so he has this idea that finally I'll be able to live my dream life. Life to the full. So when he was able to get the money, he was so excited, the following, he went uh, away, chose a place, went to Vegas, and the Bible says he spent his wealth in wild living. So finally he's living his dream. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. The money ran out. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Wow, what a turn of events. A, a famine struck that country. He lost everything. Akala niya, hindi na ubos. Akala niya, this will go on forever. But something happened. You know, that's life. Sometimes it's, it, it, life is subject to change without prior notice. And that's what happened, lost everything. And 
he life became miserable for him. Life became hard to the point that he looked for employment. Yung pinakamababa na po for the Jews to 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 do that, magpapakain ka ng baboy. I mean, nababoy na ang buhay mo. If you if that happens. And so that was really the lowest that can happen to him. And in that moment, he made this realization. You know, sometimes the saddest thing that can happen to us is actually getting what we ask for. Sometimes may mga pinipili tayo kay Lord, may pinipwersa tayo kay Lord. Sometimes we try to get a verse, Lord, give me a verse, give me a verse. Or a sign, sorry. May mga tao, give me a sign, give me a sign. They're looking for a sign that will agree with them. Even though in their heart they know there's already a tug, there's already, kinoconvict na, alam ko hindi si Lord, I don't have peace in my heart. But sometimes we push, we're looking for a sign when we ought to be looking for a verse. Because the, it's already clear in, in the Word of God. And so he, here's the amazing part in verse 17. When that happened, when he lost everything, in verse 17 it says, but when he came to himself, in other translation it says, he came to his senses. How many of, of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but I perish here with hunger. Galing, no? You know, I realize, crisis, failures, and problems has a way of helping us come back to our senses. It has a way of helping us reflect, to slow down and reflect, and really evaluate what's really important in life. Sometimes when there's too many things happening, so many trips, so many parties, and so many things to do, we don't have the time to slow down and reflect and, and try to evaluate where our life is going. But it's amazing how crisis and failures and pain can actually bring us to a place where things will become clear. And all of a sudden, we will be reminded the purpose of life. What's truly important? You know, I remembered what C.S. Lewis said. Hindi po ako masyado nagbabasa ng C.S. Lewis. Nakita ko lang sa Instagram. But I like what he said in his book, The Problem of Pain. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes we don't hear God when there's noise, when there's sound, we're in the inside a bar. It's hard to hear God. And sometimes he, he allows pain so that we can, He can get His attention. It refocuses us to what really matters. And that's what happened to this younger son. Now, now in verse 18, here's what He said. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. You know, in other translation, it says, He arise and decided to go home. You know, home is not primarily a place. Home is relationship. And when he came back to his senses, he said, I will arise and I will go back to my father. And then he, he came up with this plan to pay his debt. Kasi alam niya, you know, I cannot just go there and apologize and say sorry. So he, he, he made up a plan to repay the wealth he squandered. He knows that he owed his father 
financially and relationally. So he came up with a plan. He said, ito yung script ko. Pre-nactis niya. Mirror, may phone, wala. <laughs> Sabi niya, when I'm face to face with my dad, here's what I'm going to say. And he said, uh, please treat me as one of your hard servants. You know, there's a difference with hard servants. In modern terminology, hard servant is contractual. Uh, siguro, project-based. So he's not a regular employee in the house of the, of the father. This is somebody who lived outside, probably in the, uh, another town, and he would just go to the house if there's a work to do. So sabi niya, I'm okay with that. In his mind, I'm going to save up, I'm going to repay what you have given me. Not only that, I'm ready to be treated as one of your servants, not as your son. Maybe in that way I can repay you for all the pain that I've caused you. So that was the plan of the younger son. And, but here's what happened in verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring, quick, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. You know, the, the younger son imagined the worst that can happen. Siguro iniisip niya, pag nagharap kami ng tatay ko, I'm ready to hear bad words. Maybe he'll curse me. Siguro, sampalin niya ako. I mean, he was preparing for the worst. What, but what happened, what he didn't know, was the father was waiting for him the whole time. I mean, malayo pa lang siya, nakita siya. You know why? I'm imagining the father every day was just looking hoping that one day his son will return. So when he saw the son, instead of a flying kick, he gave a flying kiss. Parang grabe, ah, anak! Hindi na, ka, hindi na nga siya nakapag-speech eh. Magsasalita pa lang siya, yung prepare niya na pinaghirapan niyang minemorize na speech. Hindi siya masyadong pinakinggan ng tatay niya. Sabi niya, kalimutan mo na yung nirehearse mo. Sandali. Tinawag niya yung mga servant. Sabi niya, quick, bring the robe. You know, the robe uh, represents dignity. The ring, rep- it signifies authority. And the shoes, it, it represents identity. Because only sons wear shoes. Mga servants, wala. So for him, parang ha, in his mind, I'm going to work for this for years. Siguro hanggang pagtanda ko na, pero, no, sabi niya, you're not going to earn your way back to this family. I'm going to bring you back to this family. He restored everything. Amazing, kasi I'm imagining, amoy baboy pa siya. Ang baho niya, device things. That's why, you know, I like what my friend, uh, is a pastor at the fort, Christian Flores, I like what he said one time. He said, the magnitude of God's love is greater than the stench of our sin. Feeling natin, ang baho ko na, Lord. 
Ang dumi ko na, Lord. But God's love is greater than that. You know, one time I was driving my daughter to school and I'm always looking forward to our conversation. Kahit mga 20 minutes lang yung travel time, you know, I would try to be, pay attention, I'd try to focus on her, try to stir up a conversation so that somehow I can minister or teach something to, to her. And during this uh, trip to the school, she asked me a question. She nagtanong. Sabi niya, Dad, I have a question to you. My six-year-old daughter. I go, what, what's your question? What is one thing that God cannot do? At first, I said, is there anything that God cannot do? Sabi ko, good luck sa theology ng anak ko. Sabi ko, what? And she said, he cannot stop loving you. I remember that when I was reading this. Sabi ko, buti pa tong anak ko. Marunong. And that's what we can see from this story. The dad embraced him, received him, and he didn't let him pay his debt, financial and relation. Hindi siya pinagbayad. Naranasan niyo na ba yun? Kumain kayo, hindi kayo pinagbayad. How many of you are happy? How many of you wish it's always like that? You know, my friend ako, hindi ko nasabihin pangalan, no? Nag-date kami, couple to couple. Eh, lagi nila ako inuunahan, eh. So, I went there early. I talked to the waiter and said, here's my card. I know where you live, David. <laughs> here's my card. Sabi ko, we'll order, then please use this card, okay, to pay whatever we're going to order. So, it's between you and me. So, kain na kami, ganyan. Nung magbabayad na, we, we got the bill, sabi ko, okay na, card. So, nung, na, nung nakita niya, ha? Nung card? Pumunta siya sa counter. Ginunon niya yung waiter. Where's the card? <laughs> so, binalik yung card. Tapos sabi niya, ito, ito, babayaran. Tapos binalik sa akin yung card. Sabi ko, okay lang yan. Kahit ngayon lang. Buti nga ngayon, mura lang. <laughs> hindi, hindi. Kami ito, talagang, hindi ako pinagbayad. Hindi tinanggap yung plan. My plan was rejected. I can picture that that's what happened here. Ito yung plano niya, babayaran ko to buong buhay ko. Sabi ni Lord, kalimutan mo na yan. You will be brought back to this family not by what you're going to do, but because of me. And he was brought back to the family. That's forgiveness. That's the essence of forgiveness. And if I may say this, forgiveness is absorbing the pain instead of inflicting it. That's the essence of forgiveness and that's what Christ has done for us. You know, when some, someone wrongs you, you're robbed of your opportunity, of your joy. And that's painful. You're robbed of your happiness and reputation. So you either make that person pay or you pay. But someone has to pay. And that's what the father in this story did. He was wronged by his son but instead of inflicting uh, pain to his son, he chose to absorb it. And that's what Christ has done for us. We sinned against him. We broke his heart. But instead of bringing judgment on us, he brought it upon himself. So that we can be restored back to our relationship with him. That's the cross. That could have been a good ending right there. Parang okay na, happy, happily ever after. 
But you know, Jesus continued with the story. And in verse 25, here's the last part of the story. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. So his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and I I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat. Ang problema niya pala kambing. Ang laki ng problema niya. That I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You know, the elder brother was furious. Even if there's no sound, we can see how mad he was. He never called his father, Father, sabi niya lang, Look! Wala nang talagang respeto. You know, that's normally what happens when you're angry, you disrespect the person that you're talking to. And he's face to face with his dad, and there's no respect at all. Sabi, tingnan mo, ginawa mo. And he did not call his younger brother, his brother. He said, this son of yours, he refused to be identified with the family. He refused going inside the house and joining the feast. So in Filipino context, para ang nangyari ho, nagpalit yung tatay niya. And normally, Filipino culture, especially sa mga probinsya, diba, nagpapalit ka lang pag sobrang special ng okasyon. You know, fat and calf can uh, serve 70 to 100 people. So it's not just a small gathering of their family. They've invited their neighbors. So this is really a big deal. And the young, the older son felt so offended because he, he felt like being taken for granted. And he felt, he felt like his rights was violated. Sabi niya, parang he was taken for granted, I've enslaved myself. Andito ako, I never left, I stayed home. I did not disobey you, I obeyed you. So why? I, I deserve a better treatment from you. Not only that, he felt like his rights was violated because you're spending my two-third. <laughs> you already gave away the one-third. Now you use the two, part of the two-third of my inheritance to sponsor this big party for that, that son of yours? And he was so bad. He, he felt so bad. You know, one thing we can, we can see from the older brother Kasi na-expose yung heart niya rin eh. He was doing everything right externally, but he was doing it for the wrong motive. Oh, kaya ka pala nag-o-obey. So that's why you stayed. So in essence, they're both the same. Externally, they look different, but internally, they're both lost. And they're both using their father just to get what they want. So, the other, the younger one just did it in a different way by being very bad. The older son 
did it differently by being very good. But they are not both concerned about their relationship with their father. They are just concerned about what they're going to get from their father. So that, that, and at this point, I'm imagining, yung original crowd na nakikinig kay Lord, maybe the sinners, the tax collectors, when they heard about the younger son, they found hope. We've, we've gone far. We've done so many bad things. We feel guilty. We've, we feel dirty. We are so ashamed. I don't know if we can still go back to God. And they heard about the younger son. Now they have hope. And now the, God was talking about the older son. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they know they're talking about, Jesus was talking about them. They never rebelled. They're obeying the rules. But their heart was not right with God. It's possible to always be in church every Sunday and be far from God. He was always with the Father. He was at home. But his heart was far from his father. But, but see how the father responded to the older son. He also responded with love and compassion. You know, that's why this story is not really about the prodigal son. Prodigal means extravagant. This is not about the prodigal son. This is about the prodigal father. And the message of the story for us is, we are serving a God who is extravagant in his mercy. Extravagant in his love. Extravagant when it comes to giving forgiveness. Extravagant in His grace for us. It was the God who absorbed the pain and forgave us all of our sins. No, that's the message. Whether you feel like you are the younger son, God wants you home. If you feel like you're the older son, I was actually praying to God, Lord, Am I like the older son? Do I have any sense of entitlement in my heart? Am I expecting... Do I feel like you owe me something because of the things I'm doing for you? Am I doing this out of love and gratitude? Or I just need something from you? So I was asking God, Lord, search my heart. But even if you feel like you are the older son, God wants you home as well. God wants us to return to Him and make our hearts right. You know what I wrote here? No matter who you are, no matter how awful the things you've done, if you come home, God will accept you. In fact, He's calling us home, whether you are the younger or the older brother. Home. You know, I remembered this morning, I forgot the year, but my friend Joseph Bonifacio and I was given a chance to go to San Diego, California, uh, San Diego in the U.S. to to attend the meeting. And during our stay there, we're given a nice hotel. But my family was not with me. So it was really a nice room, but I don't feel home. I'm looking forward to the day when I'm going to return and be with my family. You know, if you're not home, you will be forever traveling. You will be going from one place to another, one relationship to another, one pursuit to another until we go back to God and be home. What is important in your life? What is the most important thing in your life today? If, it, if it's not God, no matter how good it is, it's not home. That's why God is calling us all. Go to Him and be with Him.
Again, home is not just, it's not primarily a place. Home is relationship. It's about a person. And that's the message of this parable. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your, your message of hope. And thank you for your message of love for each and every one of us. Lord, for those of us here, Lord, who came home, we're like the younger son who ran away from you, Lord, but you brought, brought us back. Lord, today we are grateful. Thank you for restoring us into a relationship with you. Thank you for reminding us how blessed we are. Thank you for reminding us of the grace we receive and experience from you. Lord, my prayer is that we will never run away again. But we will stay home. And we will not miss anymore the relationship we have with you. That it's not just going to be about the things that you can give us. I pray we will come to a point that you are more important than anything that you can give us. You're more important than anything that you can, you can bless us with. Lord, I pray we will grow in our relationship with you. I pray we will know you better. I pray that we will worship you, not because of what we can get, but because of who you are. That we, everything we do for you, it's all out of love and gratitude. Out of love and gratitude. Lord, for those of us here who can identify with the older son, Maybe, Lord God, we, we realize, Lord, there's a sense of entitlement in our hearts already. We feel like you owe us something because of what we're doing for you. I pray, Lord God, bring us back home as well. Lord, if there's any sense of entitlement, please take it away. If there were times when we looked down on others and compared our righteousness, Lord, we repent of that. Lord, give us, Lord, impart to us your heart of compassion and love for lost people instead of criticizing them judging them hating them Lord I pray we will be a good older brother to them who will go out of our comfort zone and do whatever it takes to bring them back to you as well Lord fill our hearts with gratitude all the days of our lives that we will have nothing but praise and thanksgiving and worship to you because you are the prodigal God you're a God who's extravagant with your grace and love and mercy for us. May we know you in a greater way. May we relate to you as your sons and daughters, not servants. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for, Lord God, bringing us back, accepting us, and cleansing us, and restoring our dignity, restoring our identity, and restoring our authority. For that, we give you praise. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.